good, good afternoon. We are here at Merad Economics, and we have here today Professor David Just. Hello. Yerong. Hello. <laughs> and our guest star for today, Cruz hi, Chan. Hi, Cruz, uh, yeah. Cruz is an MBA student at Cornell, and would you like to tell about yourself, Cruz? Sure. Uh, I used to be a uh, senior market risk analyst working in Barclays in Singapore, basically covering the uh, trading credit assets and managing the trading books for the investment bank. That is pretty impressive. So that's what is related to our topic. And now today we're going to talk about Bitcoin and the news related to Bitcoin nowadays. And if you don't know, Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency which came to our lives in 2009. Nowadays, according to a research from Cambridge University, around like 2.9 million unique users use cryptocurrency and most of them actually use Bitcoin. And so, yeah, the question is why people use Bitcoin. So what do you think about this? Uh, not necessarily people are using it, but people are betting on the value of Bitcoin. Okay. So, so you, don't, you don't think they're actually exchanging? You think I, these I don't two think they're exchanging. So okay. they actually, they are not ex- exchanging Bitcoin with the real physical goods. So other than, you know, previously the, the, the virus. <clears throat> so the producer of the virus, they are asking for Bitcoin because it's a safer way for them to receive money. But actually, <clears throat> we are not seeing anybody, you know, buying you know, in the shopping mall with Bitcoin, that's not feasible, right? Well, yes, yeah, shopping right. malls are, are, are there exchanges online where they're allowing Bitcoin? I mean, exactly, if you did own Bitcoin, where would you use it? <laughs> so think about the... peer-to-peer exchanges, right? Yeah. Like, so if you want to sell your computer, for example, somebody can pay you by Bitcoin, right? Yeah, literally, it's a payment talk? system from the very beginning. But mm-hmm. I think currently, they are also, they are only trading Bitcoin like the tokens in Casino. So, okay. yeah, it's not rather investment, but a speculation. Right. So, yeah, exactly. So it's speculation. But it, I, I guess uh, the interesting thing here is, is what's what is the intrinsic value of it? You know, if I if I have a U.S. government issues the dollar and they will trade certain certain services and goods for dollars. The currency has been around long enough. I can go to the store and people have to be uh, willing to take my, my dollars for debt and things like that. I don't have the same sort of guarantees with Bitcoin, right? <laughs> to be honest, I don't think it's, there's any intrinsic value, but rather... <laughs> no, there's no, there's no yeah, federal uh, central, I mean, as Jimmy central said, bank, so, definitely. Yeah, basically, I think for the traditional currency, it's backed by the federal or the central banks. So uh, different from that, uh, Bitcoin actually is distributed into all of us. So in your own home, in your own book. So actually, it's a kind of a trust or creditworthiness distributed into different person. So it's an exchange of uh, trust and, you know, creditworth. Yeah. So, right. My understanding is um, some of the value is that the government isn't involved. There isn't a government backing any of, uh, of Bitcoin. And so it makes it easier to use Bitcoin for, for things that you don't necessarily want the government watching. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that exactly. definitely, yeah. that definitely enables like drug dealers or... Absolutely. That's why China is controlling the Bitcoin, the usage of Bitcoin, because that will bypass, you know, the central the banks law. and regulation yeah. to do some illegal stuff. You know, most of the things are illegal in China. So This is news, recent news related to Bitcoin, right? The China now uh, banned, the, banned Bitcoin in the country. Absolutely. And after that, the prices fell, should have fell down, right? Yeah, yeah yes, I know. Price fell down, then come up again, now it fell down. I think partially because the uh, decrease in the production of Bitcoin in China, you know, okay. a lot of uh, factory set up in rural village in China, that's uh, one of the most important source for Bitcoin production. And so is China already banned Bitcoin uh, entirely? Uh, not entirely. They are shutting down most of the exchanges. I okay. mean, 
I think it's a special period just before the um, National Congress of the China Communist Party in October. Yeah. So the government wants to stabilize the society. So, I mean, there's also uncertainty after the Congress. Maybe they come back again. So who knows, right? And and is there much they can do aside from just shutting down the places where they know it's exchanged, or I said the places online, I guess, where, where they know it's exchanged? There's not many other steps they can take, are there? No, they can't. That, that's why they you know, have no clue on the sh- shadow banking. So Bitcoin actually contributes to part of the shadow banking, which is uh, 8.5 trillion, So which is the government is quite worried about. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that's the Chinese government's fear, fear on Bitcoin? Absolutely, because of the you know, uh, incomplete of the regulation acts. So the financial system is not developed. So that's why they worry about the Bitcoin could disrupt the, you know, the markets. Yeah, that's what J.P. Morgan CEO claims that right. Right. Uh, I mean, he says yeah, that. Yeah, Jimmy Diamond. Yeah. Yeah, he says that like the governments will not allow this to happen in the long term because they would yeah. like to control it when they as it gets as it gets bigger and bigger. So yeah. do, because because there is no central bank. There is no central bank. No, everybody can. Host the you don't streets. know who held who holds the fortune, like who con- who uses it and who controls it. Yet. Yeah, yeah. So so the yeah the national banks around the world are going to complain and say, hey, we got to get rid of this thing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, banks, and, banks as well as governments. I mean, you think about the think about the bank without money, without a single piece of money. That all the money are within Bitcoin exchange markets. So how can banks survive, right? That's yeah. definitely an interesting conflict. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, so that is interesting because you know, having control of a currency is is something that most countries use to try and and regulate how hot or cold their economy is, right? I mean, to try and spur economic activity and reasonable economic growth. Now you have this exchange, uh, you know, in Bitcoin that's just uncontrolled from the point of view of these banks. Do they lose control over uh, over their own economies this way? Or is it, is it because exchange between two different currencies, it, it's something that they can't entirely control at this point. I think that's only because um, Bitcoin is based on, you know, uh, blockchain technology. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of a mismatch on the expectation and the current regulations. So when the you know, uh, more advanced technology come back to the real society, when the society and people is not ready to you know, embrace the te- technology, so yeah. some speculation will happen. Blockchain technologies can be can also be used for, by like digital currencies as well, right? I mean, they're also digital. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I mean, the the basically the concepts of Bitcoin comes from when you uh, you know uh, find a, a chain or block. Uh-huh. So the Bitcoin Bitcoin comes out as a reward, right? So okay. I think that's because the uh, blockchain is not mature and it's not you know totally applied into every single institution. That's why people treat the Bitcoin as a very uh, how to say innovative thing. So yeah. They so put yeah, high expectation is, on it. That is the question. Is it really, <laughs> is it really worth its value? Like, it's think about ten years ago when you when the iPhone just came out. Mm-hmm. How did people exchange the iPhone? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. a question too. If, if iPhones <laughs> yeah. are speculation. After ten years, maybe <laughs> I mean, Bitcoin will be like iPhone. So like now it's iPhone. Oh, sorry, eight or ten. I'm not using iPhone anyway. But you can use iPhone. <laughs> and use yeah, it's, it's like a commodity, right? iPhone. It's one single kind of iPhone costs about you know one thousand. US dollar. Thousand dollars now. Yeah, thousand yeah. dollars yeah. now. Think exactly. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I, I, I sort of feel like Apple sort of overplayed its hand by my own assessment, but I might be wrong. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but the difference is. Uh, iPhone indeed has interest value. Yeah, right? exactly. So <laughs> it does. Yeah, you you can use an iPhone. There are specific you know features. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> 
if you look at at uh, what goes on with Bitcoin price, it's pretty wild in terms of you know just how much variation it has. Absolutely. And and if if you look sort of historically, it it has these sort of big peaks and big drops and 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 things like that. It it reminds me of the old concept of. of Tulipomania. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most people relate Bitcoin to that nowadays. But yeah. So if, yeah. If, if anybody listening doesn't remember or hasn't heard the story, like back back hundreds of years ago, seventeenth like century. I, guess. I think it was seventeenth yeah, century. Years ago. Yeah. yeah. Long, long long time ago, there was this uh, this run on Dutch bulbs for tulips. Right. They they everybody wanted to buy them. All the rich people were buying them, and the prices were going up so quickly. The people started buying them not because they wanted the tulips, but because they wanted the monetary return. Absolutely. And it it drove this giant, giant spike yeah. in tulips. I, I've heard these outrageous stories about how, you know, a, a tulip bulb would go for, you know, a year of worth of wages or something <laughs> strange like that. And then suddenly... Everybody realized they're just tulips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's the worst thing. That's the end of the world, right? So actually, yeah. actually people are not investing on the Bitcoin or the tulip mania itself, but they are, they are betting or they are investing on the next person's expectation. So I expect you to buy this higher than, than mine. So that's why I invest now. I believe somebody will receive, you know, will buy from me. Yeah. That, that, that's what he expects, right? So when the last person step in, n- nobody else will trust him. That's the end of the world for the, for him. And this this is what we would refer to as, as a popped bubble, right? I mean, this is this is a bubble in the market. I, there's a, a wonderfully famous set of experiments. Um, Ver, Vernon Smith was the the first one to to do this. I know he had some others that helped him, but essentially they create an artificial stock market in uh, in a laboratory setting. You know, yeah. They just essentially say, okay. This set of people have, uh, you know, shares, and these people, um, you know, have money, and uh, we're going to randomly pay out a certain amount of money every period, every trading period, yep. um, for everybody who has these shares. Go trade, and they they trade over time, and with absolute regularity, you get this this incredible inflation in the value of these things because they're randomly paying off some amount of money every period, and you're not just a few periods into this simulation before they start trading above the possible value that they could ever return. So in other words, the trade value is completely disconnected from what what people can actually get out of it. Yeah. Is is that what we're seeing with Bitcoin? <laughs> I think to Bitcoin, one, one of the interesting facts is uh, currently the supply of Bitcoin is about uh, 17 million. So 17 million Bitcoin. So actually, by estimation, there is a total supply of 21, 21 million. So when the you know when the current uh, liquid Bitcoin in the markets reach the number of twenty one billion, that's probably you know the answer come out. So what will happen by the time you know they reach the total supply? You know, no more Bitcoin will come out, and uh, you know people expectation may be uh, how to say diminished by that time. Okay, so it's you. You think just sort of this process. We're we're not there to sort of peak supply yet, and so yeah, it's okay, not it's not why... reaching the peak of the supply. So let's wait wait and see, right? Maybe in a couple of years. Huh. <laughs> Is that the time the bubble will burst, or it it I... it either burst before then, or <laughs> I, I wonder what will be the price in like two years. I mean, it can be stable in the long term as well, but it can double also, like which would be weird, like ten thousand dollars for Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so I've got kids to send to college. Do you advise me to invest in Bitcoin? 
<laughs> to me, absolutely I, new to me because I, I, I'm, a, I'm a value investor myself. So uh-huh. if you invest in stock, that's fine because you believe the company is uh, operating, is producing value for the society. But what value does Bitcoin bring to the society? So yeah, coming to the first question, actually, we were talking about like what would happen to all of those investors if, uh, if like governments banned Bitcoin or like banks would not allow them to like they're trade. Dead. They're dead. Is it, they lose their entire they're position. They're Yeah. Yeah. They. It's like every you know, I had I had this many thousands of dollars yesterday and today it's zero, right? <laughs> yeah. Like no, and nobody is like protecting them. Actually, this is the yeah. no. Part, right? Actually, I think that's that's why it's quite dangerous because when you you know trade the real currency is backed by the governments by the sovereign right but you trade bitcoin is actually backed by the other person mm-hmm. which one you, you which you don't know right you, you never met them yeah so. i find this absolutely fascinating from both angles in in that you know you have these wonderful behavioral stories and regularities you find about bubbles where people are, are willing to have this sort of magical thinking about how you know the value of something is just going to continue to go up forever and ever and I can invest in it and I'll be rich okay but you also have this this other side the other story where there are people who are really skeptical of of currencies that aren't backed by something because what's the intrinsic value and do I really want to put my money in there and you, and you hear these wonderful stories of when you know uh, <laughs> when we stopped backing the dollar with gold and people people being really afraid of what that <laughs> meant for uh, for the currency. Are those people just not affecting the Bitcoin market at this point or because they, they weren't in it ever? I, I mean, I, I wonder. I would say like those kind of people probably are not in the market that I was just wondering like who are, who are more likely to buy Bitcoins or like invest in those and if they are aware of the like for example, those regulations that are related to Bitcoin, like nobody is protecting themselves. Actually, I wonder if yeah. they really are aware of that because absolutely. I mean, and also, Bitcoin uh, is one of the most important components of the shadow banking. So, I'm not too sure about shadow banking in US, but in Bitcoin APAC, that's uh, one of the concern for most of the com- uh, governments because yeah. the you know the financial market is uh, more conservative than the Westerns. So they want to control the uh, capital. Uh-huh. They want yeah. to prevent the money, you know, coming out from the border. So if there's a uh, lot of shadow banking systems, though, which they cannot control, so they will lose the, the trust and credits from the financial system. You know, I understand there is just a huge amount of conflict over Bitcoin. In the government. Yeah, in the, yeah from all sides, right? <laughs> I mean, you have the investors who, who really want to see this thing take off, but uh, but they're taking their money out of other potential investments that would probably be more beneficial to established interests like banks and 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 is there any regulation that like protects um, prevents any like I don't know um, terrorists to use Bitcoin and those kind of things? So I know that there are many regulations related to the uh, so compliance many, so and like anti-money yeah. laundering in no, all of no. in all of the banks and like in all of yeah. the fi- payments um, companies, right? No. But for the Bitcoin, there's nothing like Never. that, right? That, that's so, what I'm saying. So I mean, this, for Bitcoin, it's like, you know, um, 22nd century technology coming to 21st century where the society regulation is not, you know, is premature. Yeah. So it's a mismatch between the technology and the, you know, the society regulation. So I don't know if you would have any idea, but exactly what portion of Bitcoin is actually being used for nefarious purposes because right because mm. part of the part of the appeal is that not being traceable allows allows you to do certain things that doesn't you know exactly. the government doesn't poke its nose in 
is, is that really the, the primary use and value of it? <laughs> I mean, the, the most so benefits is uh, by using Bitcoin, you can bypass the uh, the commission fee, you know, for uh, uh-huh. let's say from the forex markets. Okay. So if you swipe your credit card or if you exchange your currency f- uh, to the offshore, you know, foreign currency, you need to pay like 3% commission fee. Yeah. But Bitcoin bypass all, yeah. everything up like this. It's so a payment you, system, actually. Okay. So you don't have yeah. a penalty when you exchange... No, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a financial benefit, yeah. but financial this, benefit. Is for, um, this is for investors probably, normal investors, like, yeah, but yeah. for the other side, it's not, it's untraceable, like, the transactions cannot use that. So I think this is <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. That's why people want the, their own balance sheets to be kept in their own home, not in the, you know, the person who are in charge, so. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Okay. Keep you keep your own balance sheet. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So can I do the other question? So what is the difference between gold and Bitcoin when you? To me, I think like gold has a really has an intrinsic value. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, why it's kind of a safe haven, you know, yeah, assets. Whenever we get concerned about a, a currency, we start seeing you know gold prices jump up. Uh-huh. <laughs> you see exactly. So you would expect because of Bitcoin status, whenever we get sort of uncertain about trades in uh-huh. general and and any sort of economic activity, it should. It should plummet. Okay. It's been eight years that Bitcoin wasn't isn't to mar- into our lives. And what is the highest price that we saw until now? I think it's about uh, five thousand. Five thousand. Yeah. And yes, yeah, it's this month, right? Yeah, just right before China shutting down all the exchanges. Okay. It's just yeah. yeah, just a little bit ago. And what is it now? It's is, I thought so it was now like it's, uh, back 3, to uh, three thousand five hundred. I think yeah, that's part of the reason the decrease in the supply from China. Yeah. So if you were holding this this last month, you lost. Like about a third of yeah, of its value. Exactly. <laughs> I'm thinking about the speculations like economic bubbles until now, like for example the mortgage bubble, the dot com bubble, as you said, trip uh, trip bubble. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, do you think can you see the signs of a bubble in this one? What do you think? Sir, I actually I uh, want to ask a question. So, uh, if you are on the opposite side of Bitcoin, do you okay. think it's a opposite bubble side? Or you mean opposite? I mean in, uh, against. Bitcoin. Against Bitcoin, yeah. yeah. So do you think it's a bubble or do you think it's a scam? I mean, it's a question, right? A bubble or a scam? <laughs> that's a that's a really uh-huh. good question. I mean, to, to a certain extent, there's it's hard to differentiate between those. Yes. I mean, somebody somebody had to recognize that tulips really weren't that valuable, right? But they weren't going to say anything because they want to sell the tulips and, and, and make a huge amount of money for something that wasn't really all that valuable. Is that a scam or is it a bubble? I think they're I think they're pretty connected. Yeah, yeah actually, to some right. of the uh, very extreme people, they think Bitcoin actually is a bubble within a scam. I could see mm. that. <laughs> I mean, I could I could see proposing this idea as a as a scam, yeah. and, and then it's just sort of getting out of control, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, who wants to be the very last person? You know. <laughs> No, yeah. <laughs> never, right? Yeah. So that's why I mean that, that's also boost the um, how to say the psychological uh, perception of the investor. So nobody wants to be the last one to step uh-huh. into the exchange market. That's why they are you know pushing the market higher and higher. They want to be the not the first few people, but they want they don't want to be the last one. And there's also all of these like framings which says like oh, this is di- this time it is different. It is not a tech stock. Like this will be different, and all of those like things that the specula- specu- speculators tell. tell it also shows oh, yeah. a sign of a bubble too. Like it's All, every, every time you have this bubble, you have this uh, this, this sort of narrative that, that says this is why the prices are never going to come down again. This, yeah, this like is the prices why it's are gonna, always going to high. Yeah. 
And and here it's it's not really that different. I mean, it's it's this is a new thing, and it's a new Ten, you know it's, it's innovative it's as you said. There is blockchain yeah. under it, which I don't think no a um, lot of people has idea about what blockchain is exactly. Nobody. Yeah. So, but yeah, but when you say it's like there is blockchain under it, it's something that makes it like innovative when it's like something yeah. to value, like <laughs> just, just it's like, because people can't. Yeah, know. just like 15 years ago, there's no iPhone at all, so people are only <laughs> use Motorola, Nokia. So nobody will think about what an iPhone looks like. But actually, when iPhone comes out, it's very expensive to, you know, um, taking consideration of the inflation and, you know, the GDP growth. So uh, how about 10 years later, you think about iPhone, it, is it similar to what Bitcoin will look like after 10 years? So that, that's a question I think we need to think about. So you think it might end up having, it might actually end up having some intrinsic use that we don't recognize <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. now. We don't recognize. Either that value is much higher than we're thinking or much lower, but we don't have any idea at this Absolutely. point, right? Yeah. Right, iPhone? Yeah. I also heard about the comment for Bitcoin that the Bitcoin bubble will burst when nobody uh, think that's bubble. Well, that's that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, yeah. that's sort of how bubbles happen, yeah, that's right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but now I think everybody, uh, a lot of people thought that's bubble. So I think it's a long way. Long way to go. So yeah. it's time for us to invest in Bitcoin. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of people still investing in it. I just, yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, it's, we've got a long way before this resolves itself one way or the other. And From the financial market's perspective, I think um, because especially in APEC, the financial market regulation is not complete. So the capital control is tight from the government perspective. That's why, I mean, uh, you know, investing in Bitcoin is kind of a compliment from the investor onto the governments. Yeah. So if the financial market is, uh, is mature, so I think uh, if government can address some of the issue, then uh, maybe, okay? yeah. Well, then there's the bank side, but yeah, I guess it's going to be... Think about, you, I mean, for, for China, you know, if you hold a credit card from China, so now you need to report to the bank every single $1,000 you spend uh-huh. overseas. Yeah. So, right. Okay. So, so Saren, would you take a job that paid in Bitcoin? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how many Bitcoins is <laughs> I mean, yeah, but... Uh, I think maybe it depends on how soon can you turn Bitcoin into the real, 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 real stuff that gives you purchasing power, right? So, yes. yeah, I mean, if you could just run out that day... But, and but am I sure that Bitcoin will trade at that price like one month <laughs> later than this per date? So, no, I'm not. I mean, looking like at the last push. week, I, I think <laughs> I cannot trust it, but yeah. Would you like to put uh, all of your assets into Bitcoin, Bitcoin. market? Would you would you deposit everything into into, into this? This is definitely no. But would you? I mean, how is that? No, absolutely. Yeah, that, no. That is, so that would be too risky. Rejecting yeah, is like. I could see that it, you know some people might consider this a reasonable portion of their portfolio, right? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. As a way to diversify your portfolio, because I don't know what it's correlated with. But the, I mean, <laughs> the, the question is: the and question is, the I mean, the investment in Bitcoin is it a real investment, or just you know a casino thing? Yeah, it's not. But like when you think about the job offer, for example, if they offer you uh, like five times value of Bitcoin, um, no, five times value of your normal wage as as Bitcoins in a, in a form of Bitcoin. So what would you do? I mean, imagine that like you will receive even like five, Pro- five probably Bitcoins I'll, like I'll a month later. Bitcoin into real money the next day. <laughs> but yeah, but they will give, they will give you one month later. After today. Immediately so, after they give me the Bitcoin, I will transfer it. <laughs> how, yeah, so, how long is the contract? That's about the sustainability of the, you know, the cryptocurrency. It's about the risk that you're taking at that point. Like, Maria. 
Okay, so we talked about what Bitcoin is and like try to explain what the uh, what is the technology under Bitcoin, which is blockchain. Um, we are not experts on that neither, but you know. So we talked about like the, ch- the news related to that and how it affected the Bitcoin prices nowadays. We are not sure about still if the value is like, related to the intrinsic value of the Bitcoin because nobody has idea about it. But yeah, I guess we will see in the like in the following years, I guess, as you said, right, Kuz? <laughs> Because it, the supply is, we still have some time to. Yeah, actually, uh, did I mention that? So the current supply of Bitcoin is about uh, 17 million. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. so it's estimated that uh, we reach. 17? You said 17. Se- uh, 1.7 million. Uh, 1.7 million. So okay. the total supply. So we are now at 21 million. Theoretically, it's 21, 21 million. Okay. So what will happen after it reaches the peak of the supply? Okay, got it. So, so that's probably, you know, the so called the time points where we see the answer. Okay, th- yeah, that's what we will. Maybe we'll... So how long until you think we hit that peak? I, I I mean it seems that we are experiencing a exponential growth of Bitcoin. Okay. Yeah. So so you think it's soon? Probably it's soon. yeah sooner than expected. So so very soon we find out whether it's a bubble or not, huh? Yeah, we keep our eyes on the news. For Bitcoin. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. It's yeah. yeah. possible. And if, if that's the case, it doesn't matter what the the maximum supply is, right? If if governments have an effective way of shutting down those markets, value disappears. Yeah. Okay, so let's hope that as JP Morgan <laughs> said that, see, so I think he commented that someone is going to get killed or something like that about this bubble. <laughs> so let's hope something something like that will not happen. Yeah, I and think Jimmy Diamond, what, what Jimmy Diamond worries about this, if everybody is, you know, putting money, uh, I mean, putting the money onto Bitcoin. I mean, yeah. I can see that. And if somebody shuts it, shuts it down at yeah. one point. Yeah. People get people get people but get crazy. It's sort of the funny thing about these. Uh, um, Tulip. Well, uh, things like that, or or I, for lack of a better word, sort of harebrained investment ideas, uh-huh. right? They don't attract a whole lot of people, but the people they attract have really magical ideas about investment, and and often throw everything in, and and so they they face huge risk, and I I think that's exactly what he's talking about. Is you know. If somebody has everything in here and we're losing half half our value or more in a day, we're going to see some pretty bad reactions. Yeah. So keep your eyes on the news and we, we can do another episode after we see the, what the result is. Like maybe after we see, see what the see answer is. See how silly is. everything we were talking yeah, about is, right? Hopefully it will not get that crazy, but yeah. So we are, we are at the end of our episode today. And thank you for listening to us today. And you can follow us on Twitter, Mad at Economics. And also you can email us at like econ at gmail.com as well. See you later. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.